I'm Zach. And I'm Josh. And this is Lamp Stomp, a Pixar podcast. Hey guys, this is Zach again with the Lamp Stomp podcast. Um, we are doing our second interview podcast. Um, I'm so excited to uh, kind of talk a little bit more about A Bug's Life um, and some things beyond A Bug's Life with my um, guest this week, Matt P. What's up, Matt? I'm so excited for this. I've literally watched A Bug's Life twice today. It's been yeah, the best <laughs> podcast preparation ever. <laughs> That's what's been great about uh, about what we've been doing is just like, I've enjoyed getting to watch Pixar movies. Like, right? That's, <laughs> that's, that's amazing. That's the coolest thing that uh, it's cool that podcasts exist and I get to blow into the world my my thoughts about Pixar. So uh, way to watch B- I, yeah, A Bug's Life twice. I did a Facebook Live today. You did a Facebook Live? <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I did a Facebook Live today and I actually told them that I was prepping for a podcast interview today and I had to go watch A Bug's Life. I was like, it's so hard prepping for this podcast. <laughs> That's awesome. That's great. <laughs> um, so Matt, uh, Matt P is um, one of my close friends. Uh, we actually worked together at Seesaw, the same place me and Sherry worked at together. Um, I think we worked together one or two years, um, I think. Yeah, around uh, 2010, we, 11. Yeah, better. somewhere around there. And so we've known each other for quite some time. And uh, Matt uh, has actually just... Uh, Today, right? You you were finally yeah, today. Uh, s- sent through on Apple Podcasts. He started his own podcast. Why don't you talk a little bit about that? Um, so yeah, sure. Pl- I'll plug that up. Shameless plug. Yeah, I just started a <laughs> podcast. Uh, it's called the Matt Pete Marketing Podcast. And I found a passion for marketing a couple of years ago. And I've been working with a lot of entrepreneurs and studying the marketing stuff. And I was like, you know, I want a way to learn from the professional marketers out there without having to like, pay them or take courses or anything like that. And it's like, I found that, you know, if you create a platform, then you get to talk to cool people and learn what they know and then share that with other people. And it's amazing that I get to do that. So yeah, I've interviewed about 10 or 12 marketers so far, and I've got a list of about 40 people that have requested to be on the show that I have to now go through and like approve and like schedule. Just, yeah. And like get all that done. So, uh, luckily I have like a backend scheduler that does it. So after I look at them, I just approve them and I send them the link and you know, they, they, they schedule it. Yeah. That. Luckily. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's a podcast about marketing and I've been having a lot of fun with it. Cool, man. That's, that's exciting. I know that's something that you've been passionate about. Um, Matt is uh, is a for the longest time since I've known you, you've kind of been a, a wedding videographer. You actually shot our wedding, uh, mine and Carly's wedding, and so uh, Matt does wonderful work there. And I know this new kind of venture, maybe not even su- super new, but this kind of new venture of marketing is is definitely an exciting thing. Oh for yeah, you, for you. Oh yeah, I'm it was excited. a natural step. It was pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, excited to see where that goes for you. Um, and so before we get into talking about a bug's life, um, and I didn't even really give you this question earlier, so sorry if I'm putting you on the spot, but what do you see in Pixar and maybe even Disney to some extent, um, how, about how they market and how they, um, are, are, are putting themselves out there that, that kind of appeals to you. So 
I love the question. And part of it is they've built up a brand now at this point where it's recognizable and it's fun to see this stuff. So like they'll get deals with like McDonald's and Burger King to hand out their toys and promote the movies and that kind of stuff. But then you have the Easter eggs in the movies. And I think that markets a lot. I mean, I listened to your guys episode on a bug's life where you actually talked about a couple of the Easter eggs. And at this point, this is the second movie pictures put out. So it's not like, they have a lot to Easter egg, but they were even doing it back then with the Pizza Planet truck. And sure. they, they had like a lot, the musical Lion King post for that kind of stuff. Yeah. And whenever people see that, it gets people talking about it. It's like, oh my gosh, you see the Easter egg or the Pizza Planet truck. And you know, all the, it, it builds up their brand and does the marketing for them because people are looking for those Easter eggs. They're looking for that kind of stuff and then they're talking about it. So it's just that built in word of mouth that gets people hyped up. Oh, that's really cool. Um, yeah, I think the Easter eggs are such a fun thing. That's why me and Josh definitely wanted to put that as one of our things because that's like, yes. if you think Pixar, you think Easter eggs. And so I never, I never thought about that, like the way to kind of plug themselves um, in their own movies and kind of, um, especially when they get, they haven't got there yet, but especially when they get to the point to where they're telling you or giving you like a sneak peek of the next movie that's about to, to come out, um, they'll put a little Easter egg in, in a movie about the next movie. And so I, I, yeah, I never like, thought about I, I was researching the Easter eggs in this one and they had the Lion King poster in yeah. that, like the New York city style thing. Yeah. Um, there's also in the, in that same shot, there's a box that says Darla on it. And Darla is the kid yeah. from Finding Nemo. <laughs> Finding Nemo. Yeah. So I don't know if that was intentional from them or if but, they went back to a bug's life and found a name and like, let's name the kid that, but like it works. Like yeah, I love it. For sure. You know? <laughs> for it's sure. so cool. All right. Thinking through a bug's life, since we we've kind of um, kind of entered into that conversation, thinking through a bug's life, uh, why does that movie resonate with you? You said you watched it twice today. How long had it been since you watched it? And like, what do you when you think of a bug's life? Kind of what 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 sticks with you? Um. So I yeah, I watched it twice today. It has been years, probably (laughs) a minimum of four years since I've watched a bug life. Um, I, cause I'm sure me and Alyssa watched it, my wife at some point in there. Um, but you know, I, like I said, I listened to your guys episode on, now I'm going to drop some stuff on you that I didn't tell you before the episode. I disagree with you guys a lot. I was <laughs> okay. listening to your episode and I was like, what? No, you're totally wrong about this. So I, That's I, great. I, I've got some, tell me some why I'm issues wrong. here. <laughs> so, so I think this movie, it resonates with me one as an entrepreneur. I love the character of flick. Because okay. it starts off with him with inventions. Like he's got the, the grain harvester that he's created to try to speed up the production time so they can harvest more grain for themselves instead of just for the grasshoppers the first half of the season. He's got the little magnifying glass, the telescope thing that they use throughout the movie. So he's an entrepreneur that's solving problems. Um, he's got big dreams and he's often misunderstood and like seen as a failure, like they reference like the cave-in when he was working down in the caves and they didn't want him to come back there. And he's always doing things to try to make things better for the whole colony. And so like at the end, when the queen said, um, skipping ahead, one line that bothered me was I didn't never thought I'd see the day when an ant chose himself over his colony. And that part rubbed me wrong because the entire movie is about him choosing the colony over himself he literally left the colony to go find help to save the colony um i i I was rubbed wrong by that line man 
Um, but yeah, so I think it resonates with me just off the bat because that entrepreneurial spirit, spirit and that willingness to do anything literally to help the colony. Okay. I am so incredibly happy you said that because here's why I told you before the podcast that I was going to drop something on you and this is, this is the perfect segue. Like it couldn't have been better. Okay. So I listened to your podcast today. Uh, you had three that came out and I kind of noticed some, um, at least in the first two interview podcasts you had that you asked some of the same questions. And so what I have decided that I wanted to do and throw at you is that I want you to pretend that you are flick and I'm going to throw some of your own questions at you, but you are flick. Okay. Because I agree. I agree that flick is a good entrepreneur and is like, has very creative and, and is, is putting out inventions. Um, but maybe some of his marketing isn't the best. And so, uh, okay. I, I thought that was kind of a cheesy, uh, in some ways way to, to once again, plug your podcast, but I think it's an interesting, it. conversation, it. interesting conversation. And so what do you think flick is your best marketing tool? Oh, my best marketing tool, I would say is just to be there and be with the colony. You know, you really, you have to help the colony. We're all there as a team. So my inventions, like the telescopes, you can spot predators. You know, I, I invented that to help us stay safe. The grain harvester, you you want to be able to harvest things faster and just being out there in the field, using these tools and showing the rest of the colony how much better it can make our lives. I think that word of mouth will spread. And I think that is my best marketing tool right now. I'm so in love. I'm so happy I did this. All right. Second question. If you had $1,000, what would you do to most effectively market to others? Ooh, $1,000. I'm going to invest in some more of those, the grain harvesters. I'm going to build some more of those and I'm going to hand those out to key influencers in the colony. Those, those ants that are bringing in so much grain. I want to get those guys because people are already looking up to those grain harvesters. I'm going to get them to wear my equipment. I'm going to put my nice logo on the side of it and I'm going to let them use it. And I'm going to watch as their production doubles and triples. And all these people are like, Oh my gosh, did you see what these grain harvesters are doing? They're bringing in so much more grain. Now, how are they doing it? And naturally everybody is going to want one of these grain harvesters. Oh my gosh, Matt, I can't even explain how happy I am right now. Okay. (laughs) Last one. What do you think is your biggest marketing mistake? Oh, knocking over the leaf, man. <laughs> that set me back. Man, that was that was rough to get over that one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that, that might have been my favorite thing ever. All right. <laughs> That was awesome. So yeah, I like I said, I listened to your podcast earlier and I heard some questions like I, I'm definitely gonna spring that on him. That was super cool. <laughs> All right. But very, very good job on that too. That was a lot of fun. <laughs> All right. So uh one of uh the things that me and Josh do is we pick some of our favorite side characters. Uh who for you was some of your sa- five, take two. Who was some of your favorite side characters from a bug slide? Ooh, um, I have a couple here. Let me, um, so (laughs) side characters, like super off the side at the very beginning when the lead falls and he's like, Oh no, where do I go? And he like screams (laughs) that I remember watching that as a little kid and that part making me laugh and that part today, like I was watching, I still laughed because it's like, they're right there. It's made me laugh. So I love that, that ant. It doesn't have a name, just that ant as a side character. 
Um, and also there's the part that you guys mentioned in y'all's episode about the, the twig of 93 yeah, and how that tied in. And I did some research on my own. <laughs> so Josh was saying that it was from an earthquake in California. thus putting the location of an earth in, in California, but okay. the accents at the shed were yeah, from Louisiana, yeah. but there was actually a flood that happened in the Mississippi river in 93 that could have flooded the tertiary Exactly. I'm so happy. Louisiana. That's exactly what I said. Oh, that makes me so happy, Matt. (laughs) (laughs) So I just had to throw that in there because I was like, "Mm, there's a reason. So I don't think it was the earthquake. I think it was the flood. Anyway. Agree wholeheartedly. (laughs) um, Another side character that I love is Hopper's brother. I I don't remember his name. (laughs) They use it a couple times. Yeah, I can't remember it either, but yes. But um, I think his name is Richard Kind is the guy who voice acted him, but like I love his character from like, again, one of those moments that made me literally laugh out loud when I watched as a kid was when he took off in the ant, the anthill and he hit the ceiling. <laughs> I love that part. So it's that slapstick comedy. I love it so yeah, much. There was it's a lot so of slapstick. Simple. Yeah. Yep. Um, and then tuck and roll, obviously <laughs> yeah. it, it's super like they don't speak English. So like even without them, like doing their tucking and rolling when they, um, when flicks talking to him when they're flying back to the colony, and he's like explaining all of this stuff to him. They look at each other and they're like, I don't know. <laughs> like just, they don't say anything that you can understand, but they, they make me smile every time. They are super hilarious. Yeah. Those are my favorite sides. Uh, cool. Um, kind of a, a big picture. Why do you think this movie and you can even, this can even kind of, um, uh, why, why do you think that this movie matters? Um, in, in the grand scheme of things for, for me and Josh, this was one of our lower movies, but why, why does this movie matter? Why does this movie stand the test of time? Um, for me going back and watching as an adult, having not watched it in a long time, I know, like you said, you guys gave it a D plus. I still think it deserved that extra one point. Get it up to that (laughs) C minus. I gave it a 70. Josh (laughs) gave it a 68. That's what. Yeah. Curve killer. But (laughs) for me, um, I, you know, I took notes on and everything, and I said that A Bug's Life, it's a fun cartoon, but it touches on so many emotions for different ages. So the praying mantis only being used as props, the, you know, the, the crew getting fired, like all these failure moments for these different characters. Like as an adult, you feel like you're underutilized in whatever job you're doing or anything like that. And you could be, be use more and to a better extent, you know, having those emotions play with. Um, and then for me, the flick having that depressed moment whenever he's leaving in the circus vehicle towards the end and he's leaving, he's really down. He's like looking down and he's like, what? It doesn't matter. I haven't done anything right. And here I actually took a note. Um, he, uh, sorry, talking about how the bird won't work and he can't do anything right. And his new friends show him, that they are his success story and all they had to do is say the word and they'll go into battle with him. So his friends literally, like he, he made these friends, he trusted them and he's literally traveling with them. Now they literally said, you know, yeah, you didn't create all this. You didn't save it. You knocked over the leaf. You caused all these problems, but we're your best success and we'll go into battle for you. A literal battle where they could die. (laughs) So, I mean, I feel like for me that the long lasting story from this movie is that, that theme of having friendships, those people yeah. that will literally do anything for you. And you call them at two in the morning 
and you got a broke down car on the side of a road, you're going to go pick them up and drive them home. That kind of thing. Like having those friends there can change everything. Yeah, for sure. That's really cool. It's a good way to think about it. Um, what do you think your favorite moment of the movie is? You've been talking about some of your favorite moments, but is there one that stands up above the rest or have you even already mentioned it? Um, I like the the circus van, like cookie box thing that we just talked about with Flick because I felt like that was that was kind of like the uh, Buzz Lightyear falling off the staircase moment yeah. for me. You know, it was that slow down moment where it's like he he's really depressed. Yeah. Um, so as an emotional thing, I like that part. Um, you know, other than that, I, I like the movie as a whole. Honestly, I going back and watching it, I realized I liked it a lot more yeah. than in the past. Um, I will say the graphics, I was watching on my phone because I'm in my office today, but like the graphics, I think obviously it was 1998. They're not super <laughs> right. great, but like I'm willing to look past that for the jokes and the humor and that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, as, it, as the serious scene, I, I like that circus box yeah. scene because I think it drove home the message. I had never thought about that, but that's that's a definitely a good way to look at that and a good way to to see that friendship does matter. And 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 you see that in other parts of the movie, but I had never really connected with that scene the way that you did. So that that's that's really cool. Yeah. All right. Uh so that's that's kind of your thoughts on a bug's life. Let's let's get some of your thoughts on Pixar as a whole. Um do you have so, go ahead. No, I've I've got one more thought. Go ahead, yeah, for sure. Where you were wrong. I, then, I'm, I don't think, I think, oh, uh, look at the time. I, th- I think we don't, <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just kidding. Go ahead. Okay, Tell me I'm so wrong. I was listening to your podcast and I was listening to the episode y'all did about a bug's life. And I literally out loud, I'm like, no, Zach, you're wrong. <laughs> like out loud. And I was like, I can't, I, I want to debate this right now. I need this to be a conversation. Oh, oh gosh. So, so you said that Flick's character does not change throughout the entire movie. All right. Tell me how he changes. My, my character definitely changes throughout that movie. Okay. I took notes. Okay. So I love the character. From the show at the beginning when he knocked over the food into the water, he didn't run and hide. He ran straight to the princess to take responsibility and warn her that there is no food up there. So he then told the grasshoppers to leave dot alone whenever they're like picking her up by her head or whatever. But if you notice during those moments, so he does end up backing away from that courage that he put forward. So when he took responsibility for knocking the food over, he also let the princess take the fall. It has a shot in there of him like cowering back, like, oh, please, like, I don't want to come forward for this. Um, and when he st- stood up for Dot, the grasshopper yelled at him, Hopper yelled at him, and he got back in line. He said, then get back in line. He backs up and gets back in line. For me, it, the characteristic shows in, of courage at the beginning of the movie but I think he's just so beaten down by everybody thinking of him as a failure and always messing things up. And he feels like it's all his fault that he doesn't follow through that. He doesn't have that, that backing, you know, those friends to push him forward, to have that little bit of extra courage to actually stand up and make a difference. At the end, he stands up for dot when they're getting out of the bird, but he doesn't back down. He's a changed ant. He takes a beating and even when he can barely stand, he is standing up to Hopper to the point where the entire colony comes in for the win. So they they even show Flick's initial invention, the grain thing. A lot of ants are using those to make fireworks out of the grain. So there's definite change in Flick from having no not enough courage at the beginning 
to being the hero in the end because he literally took a beating from that grasshopper. Okay. Okay. I, 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 I will bow down. You, you in that argument, I don't think I have any, any comeback oh, for that. That was also that was pretty good. As a side note, the grasshoppers that Hopper, you remember he was like throwing the grains at him. He's like, how's this ant? And he's like, oh, that didn't hurt. They definitely died. They didn't address that enough, I feel. Like when he, do you remember what the scene I'm talking about? No, I'm not sure. So when they're under the hat yeah, and they're talking about not going back and he's like, oh, it's just one ant. We can forget about it. He's like, yeah, it's just one ant. Imagine this great piece of grain is an ant and he throws it. And he's like, did that hurt? He's like, no, not at all. And he takes another grain. He's like, how about this ant? And he throws it and he hits him. He's like, I didn't even feel it. And he's like, how about this? And he pulls the thing the down thing, and yeah. all of the grain comes on those three <laughs> grasshoppers. You don't see those grasshoppers again. <laughs> like they, they fly out. They're like, who else wants to stay here? And all of them like, put their wings up and they fly off those other three never came out from under the grain i was like that's kind of dark yeah, but like i i, I, I thought it was I an interesting thing wow. <laughs> yeah <laughs> all right so Sorry. no you're good that that was that was a good argument um <laughs> i i'll give it to you all right so taking it out a little bit further our scope um do you have a favorite or some favorite maybe a top five pixar movies um toy story is okay. up there um that's that's probably my top one okay i love finding nemo gotcha uh yeah i was a kid when that one came out i love it um the first cars okay wally because oh. in in high school i had to write a paper on wally comparing <laughs> it to the book 1984 okay so that one kind of it stuck with me sure. um and then ooh, let's see one last one i'm tempted to put a bug's life on there simply because like I've now done a research paper on it today, <laughs> um, but probably Coco. Okay. Yeah. It's that, probably that in the top. That one's it's definitely solid there for me. For sure. I mean, there, there's so many good ones though. Up. That's, yeah, yeah, that's a good one. You too. could probably, I have a, I joke sometimes that I have a top 23 Pixar list because <laughs> uh, yep. they're, they're all so good. Um, well, um, any, random other Pixar things that you want to or need to say? Yeah. So I know um, you and Sherry talked about like her origin story with Pixar. Oh yeah. I forgot to ask you that. What's, what's kind of your Pixar origin story? So my Pixar origin story, I've been watching Pixar since I was a kid, like most kids, you know, grew up watching cartoons, but in my house, there was never like any brand awareness of the cartoons, like veggie tales and rocket power and, Pixar movies, they were all just cartoons. I didn't yeah. know who made any of them. So I didn't really start getting into the world of like the brand of Pixar until we watched Toy Story in the auditorium when I was at Sea Salt. <laughs> okay. You, were you there that year for that? I, I mean, I was there your first year. Was that the year? I, I think it was. Um, so that was when we had, for everybody listening, we at Sea Salt had this giant, like 30 foot long screen. <laughs> that we always put all the lyrics up on the videos and all that kind of stuff on the back of it. Well, we hooked up Pixar. We hooked up toy story into our computer and played that onto the giant screen one night during training camp. We went into Krispy Kreme and got donuts and we had all this food. We took our sleeping bags and laid them on the stage and we watched toy story. And that for me was the beginning of like recognizing Pixar as a brand. Yeah. It was a super cool moment. <laughs> for sure. For sure. It, I, 
honestly owe a lot of my Pixar love to Seesaw, kind of the, the camp oh, yeah. that we, they, they worked at together, going to watch them during the summers. And like you said, watching them um, during uh, off weeks, weekends or whatever. And so for sure. Uh, any any other random Pixar things that you, you might need to get um, out before we're done? Just Just one I wanted to talk about, like, one of the reasons I love Pixar is because they can make a cartoon for kids, but adults want to see it. Yeah. Like the way they make these dynamic movies. And like, I have, I remember one instance in this movie where Hopper's yelling at the ants and he says, get your abdomen up there. It's like adults know what he was actually <laughs> saying, but cause it's for kids. He said, get your abdomen up there. And I thought that was a really cool, like, it's those yeah. hidden things. Kids don't think about it. They don't think yeah. twice about it. They just think he was yelling at them. <laughs> but adults like make that subconscious connection. Like it adds to the anger that you obviously understand coming through. So any, all the Pixar movies, I feel like have that underlying tone of like, it's a kid's movie, but adults understand it and yeah. get it. And I, I love that aspect of Pixar. Have you watched soul? I have not yet. So you definitely need to watch that. That one's probably the one that I think I almost wouldn't recognize, like recommend to watch that with kids. Cause I, I feel really? like that's, that's like, it's not bad. It's not inappropriate or anything like that. But I feel like in a lot of ways, soul is one of the first Pixar movies that was like made for adults. Like it's it, the themes and oh. stuff of it. And just kind of the, there are funny parts in it. I think kids would like it, but I think um, Pixar definitely um, swung more towards the adult crowd on, uh, um, on, on soul. And so it's definitely, a cause that's one, one on Disney plus, right? Yeah. It's the one on Disney plus. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to check that out like this week. Cause I have sure. Disney plus. I have no reason not to watch it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Awesome. All right. All right, man. I think that unless you got anything else, I think that's kind of the, the end of our, our conversation. Yeah, man. I just, been- I, I was watching the end credits and I just remember getting all the way to the end of the credits and it all ended with the lamp stomp. <laughs> that's it that's that's why we're called that i guess um, and so um it's definitely been a, a really cool time having you um having you on the podcast it's it's great that i get to do this every other week and just kind of talk to talk to my friends about about the movies that i love and so uh that is uh you just kind of get to add into that and so i'm i'm, I'm excited that we got to talk tonight and me too man it was awesome I'm super excited for for the continuance of your podcast and my podcast. And, uh, it's, it's been really cool. I'm glad that we got to collab. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I'd love to do this all the time. (laughs) All right. Cool, man. Um, that's, that's it. This has been the lamp stomp and this is Zach and Matt. And so peace out guys. Thanks for listening this week. If you want any updates about the podcast, or if you want to join in on any of the conversation, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at LampStomp. Or email us at LampStomp at gmail.com. Join us next time as we break down the next Pixar movie.